26, 2020, your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Reed's, you, you're, you're messing around. You've already ruined it. You've already ruined the podcast. No, I didn't make any noise there. Fuck off. Based on your earlier uh, recounting of your of your last night, I assume you did not watch AEW Dynamite. <laughs> no. Not even in the background. That's okay. No. Uh, it's we. I talked a little bit about it last week on, uh, on Saltons. We talked about it on Public Beta Podcast. Obviously, there's a lot of awful things going around right now uh, in terms of the speaking out. And all that, and the allegations, people being fired, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, oh yeah, was, she had gone. nothing. To, that hers uh, was nothing to do with speaking out, though. She was just fired because she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why not now? Uh, so uh, we've kind of said our, our piece on that. The thing that we we can talk about really quickly is the fucking COVID outbreak at WWE, where there are more people actively positive for COVID right now known than in our entire province of Manitoba. Uh, that's wild uh, when you consider Ric Flair was involved in like a pull apart on that show uh, and all, all the talent and stuff like that. I don't know what someone either needs to set, step in and shut him down or enforce some kind of what have you. Uh, it's of course rippling out into other parts of wrestling as a lot of those wrestlers, you know, have spouses or, or significant others that are in other parts of wrestling. Renee Young is COVID positive. Moxley was with her for a week. Thankfully, uh, tested negative himself, uh, so he'll be part of Fighter Fest. Hopefully, Renee gets well and everybody else who's sick. It's official. Sick. Renee and John did not kiss. It's it's true. In in at least a week, they did not kiss. Well, if Renee was Renee's like a- actually sick. John Moxley does strike me as a non-kissing type, though. Uh, what is it? Just like a smack on the ass kind of fella? Yes. Or is it, yeah, like give me uh, like give me like a good shoulder bump sort of thing. Yeah. Like you could tell when they started dating. John's like, listen, establish some ground rules here. One, <laughs> I like to piss on girls. Two. No kissing. Was, are you what? What? What was the first part there? <laughs> Back in the day, I there used to be like a board full of like um like wrestler sex confessions or something. Yeah, like, like anybody could post on there, so everything. Could, Someone you know. is not accusing him of this. No, no, against no. their will. This is all. These are all men and women. These are all men and women who had who have had consensual <laughs> sex or hookups with other wrestlers. Apparently, okay, cool. And one of the messages was like, "Yeah, John Moxley is a very generous lover. He's very selfless in oh, bed, wow. but he likes to piss on people." That should just be our podcast. Then. Yeah, and apparently Sami Zayn is exactly how you would think. He's very selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great worker. All about that oil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great worker. Incredible work rate. He doesn't yeah. look, have the best look out there, but um, sure. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna go down there. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do what needs to be done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe we went stare at the ceiling I, from you, COVID. Uh, no, you started this. Yes. Uh, so yeah, all the best to all of them. Hopefully that works out. God damn. Uh, is it hard to enjoy pro wrestling right now for any number of reasons? So me and Reed have been looking for alternatives. Yeah, to pro I just wrestling. don't. In fact, I just don't watch wrestling right now, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so I, I turned Reed on to uh, Japanese bug fights. <laughs> Uh, which listen, it's we are not condoning Japanese no, bug no, fights. No. Obviously, it is animal cruelty. If you want to say that, these were reported at least decades, decades ago, yeah, decades. and I want to say that uh, Japan has even since. And Japan has different standards than America. True, but I think even Japan has moved on from from animal. They fighting. haven't moved on from sexualizing thirteen year olds. So you know. Uh, no, you know well, what are you going to do? Uh, but <laughs> let, in the ter- in terms of bug fights, uh, you can look it up on YouTube. Some of them have been <laughs> taken down. In terms of bug fights, in terms of bug fights, uh, you can look them up on YouTube. A lot of them have been taken down, but. It is exactly what it sounds like. You are pitting two creatures uh, against each other, either like on some kind of weird pedestal or, or in a, in an aquarium.
terrarium, a terrarium, as it were. Uh, you, you, your first one you watched was Scorpion versus Stag Beetle. Yeah, so Lee uh, is building up the Scorpion as the John Cena of this federation, basically. Like, <laughs> like he's untouchable. He has he has a gimmick that no one can beat. He's powerful. Tail. Yeah. yeah, like you just can't see him. He's powerful. He just no one kicks out of the AA. Yeah. But here, in my first match, I'm watching the Stag Beetle. Just, just like Brock Lesnar and Cena at SummerSlam, the Stag Beetle. Fucking... What's funny about that was when I came back to watching pro wrestling. That was the first pay per view I watched. Was when Brock squashed yeah. Cena with 16. And it suplexes. was that. Yeah, yeah, he gave he gave the Scorpion 16 suplexes, and the Scorpion yeah. just Scorpion got jobbed out. And yeah. I was like, Wow, Lee, that was your John Cena. That was supposed to be the. Well, ace. no, I was trying to explain that there was a Scorpion Crawfish match, and I don't need to tell you that a Crawfish stands no chance uh, against most anything, especially because if its face isn't down in the water. Uh, it can't breathe. It's suffocating the whole time. Again, I, we're not condoning bug no, fights. No, we're not. <laughs> but in terms of something you can watch as an alternative to pro wrestling with your buddies this on the weekend, uh, you could do worse. Uh, and on top of that, we both discovered that apparently we are, are fans of the completely cheesy, awful Spike TV show, Deadliest Warrior. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, great show. <laughs> great show. In terms of uh, trash television to consume, uh, man... Would like, it, there, was a, there was that run in Spike TV in, like, that 2010 era where they just had Delius Warrior and Bar Rescue on repeat, and that was my whole fucking life. That's, yeah, that's for, all there. For multiple That's years. all you knew. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, check out those shows. <laughs> no, hey, let's let's talk for a second about Delius Warrior. We only have so much time. We started recording late because somebody had to eat a sandwich. Well, I got here at 12.15, and then you decided I'm going to take another 10 listen, minutes to start recording. Listen, we can point fingers all day. Uh, we're not gonna get anywhere. Uh, you, go ahead. What are your, some of your favorite? I just wanted to say, Deadliest Warrior is a great show. It answers the age-old stoner question of who would win, a Viking or a I don't ninja. know that it does definitively answer. It that. doesn't because it's total <laughs> fucking horseshit. Because they're like, they're like, all right, ninjas. Here's like a single pig carcass. Try to cut through it, and then they're like, all right, Vikings. Here's like twelve two-inch diameter bullets hanging around in a three sixty-degree axis. You have to hit all of them within ten seconds. And then also cook a fucking fish. Have you seen that show uh, that Goldberg hosts where it's like you bring your own knife and you have to run an obstacle course? Have you seen this show? No. I was flying back from Cuba and in uh, had a layover and I watched like six episodes of this and it's like the person shows up, they have some kind of blade. It could be a sword, a knife. Usually it's like a knife or a kukri or like a machete. Yeah. Sometimes they've bought it. Sometimes they've made it themselves. Uh, the hosts use the knife on like... They're like, oh yeah, it's got to be good balance. It's, uh, it sounds like a show I've known. Uh, I know. It sounds like a show you may have watched. Forged in Fire. Uh, I don't. I don't know what. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, but it's just like these fucking dudes making knives and trying to cut through shit. And blades are flying everywhere. Uh, so yeah, they they bring it in. The guy tests out the knife. They run an obstacle course, and then you basically watch how effective different types of knives are uh, in terms of cutting. There's also some parts of the one of my favorite parts of the obstacle course. Imagine <laughs> you know how easy of a paycheck. Hey Bill. Hey. <laughs> Like, we got this, this show, run. these dudes are going to take some knives and just try to cut shit. All you yeah. got to do is just say, go. Go Goldberg's like, do you know what the, sh the true sharpest weapon is? The shattered window of a limousine. <laughs> I just lost my damn arm to that shit. <laughs> cut my fucking artery. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they run this obstacle course. One of the parts of the obstacle course is there's just a giant pipe above them. And they're just dropping watermelons, and they have to like they're like standing there waiting. And as the watermelon falls, they have to like try what to is, hit what it. Is, what is this a practical it's fucking incredible. a practical test of a knife's durability yeah. or sharpness? Is like when have you ever encountered in a real life scenario fucking fruit falling and you must cut it while it's falling? Uh, fruit Ninja for iOS. Uh, <laughs> the the thing is, you run an obstacle course long enough that uh, the durability and how long your blade stays sharp is important. 
Uh, so you're cutting ropes at the beginning. It's easy, but by the time you get to the end, you've cut through fucking eighty different types of this things. This is now the bad reality show competition uh, yeah. podcast. If you look up Goldberg Knife, I'm sure you'll find what the show. Listen, is called. and I just started watching the very first time ever Kitchen Nightmares. Oh they, my god! Because they're putting all this shit on YouTube for free because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. And I'm not used to British reality shows, but there's no sound effects. There's no camera zooms. No. There's no it's the like, opposite of Korean. It's a reality show. It's yeah. crazy. It's also they're allowed to say cunt and fuck on TV. Yes. Yeah. And there's lots of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, great. I mean, if you can, yeah. why not? And it's great. Uh, Big fan. So I'm to understand Dana White is holding a Mortal Kombat tournament. Yes. <laughs> so because of all this COVID shit happening, uh, Dana thought it was going to last longer or something. Or at least at the stage, I, we're I think that guy's fully expecting there to be like we need to shut down again. And oh, he's, and he's preparing, he, and he yeah. would be right. Yeah. So he bought a fucking island that's off Abu Dubai or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. So if anybody's Abby if Dubai. anybody's watched the first World Cup, everybody knows that it's Shao Sung bringing all these fucking fighters Sung, yeah. from all over the world with different styles. Yes, not only all over the world from different uh, parallel dimensions. Realms, yeah, realms, yeah, 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 yeah. yes, like just where Mike Perry's from. Sure, um, yeah. So Kano's going to be there. Yeah, so he's bringing all these fighters to this beach island tournament where they're going to fight using their unique styles against Oh, fuck yeah. And then the losers have their soul taken. We got some people to def- uh, representing Earth. We got, uh, yeah, so he's, he's got, so it's like a biodome uh, wherein people can't go in and out. When you get there, you're tested and you stay there yeah, for a certain Yeah, when you get to Abu Dhabi, you're tested. Yeah. Then you go in your hotel room and you're tested again. <laughs> the way you and you go to Fight Island good. and then your test results are shown and then you're tested again. Hey, listen. Good on you. That's a guy using millions upon billions of dollars to make sure his, his it's safe and he can continue to operate, which is, as we've seen in this last week, the opposite of what WWE right. is doing. But at the same time, Dana only pays his... <laughs> Dude, most UFC fighters have a fucking job outside of UFC because they can't... It's like CFL players. No, yeah. <laughs> if, like, if, you, if you're just a regular prelim guy or on the, like, the first fight, you're making out of 20k a fight and 20k to win... Or 40k to fight 40k to win. That's and then you have to pay. You have it's, to pay coaches. You have to pay camps. You got to pay for all your bills. You have to pay until your still next. Still a fight. lot of money for 30 minutes of work. N- not for the punishment <laughs> these guys take. Like when you sure. when when you think about all the money UFC has and how much to pay their fighters in comparison, it's, it's crazy. Um, like the only guys making millions is Connor. That's it. Like. Like I said before on this podcast, I think Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Conor made millions. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone, who's been there decades, they paid for his lunch. Who who has who has constantly taken short notice fights after short notice fight. Who has more finishes than anybody else in UFC f- history, and they pay him two hundred grand. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Uh, again, it's it's risk reward. It's it's football players. It's listen, uh, the quarterbacks and stuff. We we know what they're paid, uh, but the the guy that you don't know. On the whatever string of the thing, he's taking punishment more than the kickers. But the he's probably still are. making way more money than uh, than most of the UFC roster. Yeah, that's sure. they should. Uh, but yeah, anyway, union. <laughs> uh, this weekend is UFC Fight Night. Okay, um, bunch of whatever kind a of a fight night is not the same as a numbered UFC event. No, a numbered UFC is a is a pay per view. So typically, okay. that's where they put like their big stuff. So this is for free. Fight nights will usually have like one or two big stuff. Okay. This is not on the big, island. Yes, this, this is, is free. This is not on the okay. island. This will be at UFC Apex. Um, so they'll usually just have some undercard guys. This is how you like you build up your rankings on free TV and everything. How is UFC without crowds versus pro wrestling without crowds? Oh, like UFC, it's 
like totally fine without crowds. Yeah. Almost prefer it. Um, hearing, I've heard that a lot from people. They're just yeah. like, actually, to hear like what's going on in the like, ring. What like, I don't like about UFC the crowds story. is yeah. because of where they're sitting, something that may not be boring may come off as boring to that live crowd. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like a really interesting grapple chain or submission chain and stuff like that. The crowd will think it's just wrestle fucking and they'll boo it even though it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what I, I like about you. no crowds is you get to hear the corners yell at their fighters and all the advice they're giving. But most importantly, sometimes you get to hear some shit talk in the octagon between fighters like, oh, fucking pussy, and they're punching each other. <laughs> um, and uh, not just that, but uh, you really get to hear the impact of the punches that you never did before. Yeah. Like when it's really loud, you don't get to hear those punches, but when you hear these knockouts, you're hearing like, yeah, and people are fucking out, and it's great. Um, so yeah, this weekend, lots of unnotable fights. To really talk about the only two I really want to discuss really quickly hmm. would be Mike Perry versus Mickey Gall in the semi-main. I said to you before, this is like Joy Janela and Sean Spears having a co-main. Yeah, like two undercard. They're they are known. I wouldn't say well known. Mike Perry is, I would say, well known because he's like a bit of a meme. Um, sure. So Mike Perry is a total fucking character. He's famous for the wrong reasons. Yes, he's, he's like he's he did like a test to see he's ten percent black, so he goes around blasting oh, okay. the n word yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He has like a sure. face tattoo. Well, that's why you do it. That's yeah. why you find out your ancestry, he's so you know a, what what sl- uh, yeah, slurs you can use. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, he fired his entire. So his last fight, he I guess he was sick of his corner being like rush into it, Mike, do it, like punch him. So he fired his whole corner. And the only person that's going to be in his corner is his Instagram girlfriend who has never fought before. Excellent. And people are like, Mike, you're not good. You're not a good fighter to begin with. You're 13 and 6, which is a shit record in the UFC. Yeah. And now you're going to fight your corner and bring in this, like, like, let's, like, it's an Instagram model. Like, she doesn't know fuck all about fighting. Um, and it's then, not, it's not the point. so that's already a meme. And then, like, he released his tweets being like, "She is my god, and she's my new religion." And it's just like this man's gonna die. Like he's been dating like six <laughs> months, and then everybody's making memes like in between rounds. He's like, "Oh my god, baby, head movement! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're doing so great." Um, so he's against Mickey, Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall, most notable for beating CM Punk. Sure, uh, he's also really bad. Um, his fights suck and uh, this should it's a race to the bottom yeah, it sounds like looking on paper there should be an easy victory for Mike Perry he has the experience knockout power and he is generally faced way tougher competition than Mickey Gall but even with only his girlfriend in yes his even but he's crazy and stupid and like <laughs> anything's possible like anything's possible then in the main event Dustin Poirier versus Dad Hooker this should just be a good Good fight overall. Dustin Poirier is always fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Do they do something every weekend? Do they have, like, a card pretty uh, not, much? Like, they they would have, back in the day before COVID, it was usually either every weekend or every yeah, other well, weekend. Travel is an issue, too, right? But, yeah, so, now yeah. they're like, let's get this shit rolling. So every weekend you got something easily. That first week when, like, they started operating again, man, we had three fight cards in a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Two fight nights and a pay-per-view. Cool. So that's UFC Fight Night June 27th, 2020? All right. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite Live, the go-home show for Fighter Fest. You talk about it. I'll tell you all about it, Reed. <laughs> and I will interject with anything. Uh, so this was AEW Dynamite Live uh, from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, the home of AEW Dynamite. June 25th, Wednesday, JR welcomes us. We are one week away from Fighter Fest. Get hyped. The show starts, as AEW usually starts, with a really fun match in a lumberjack match between Wardlow, who's excellent, 
We don't get to which see is, him wrestle a lot. You don't get to see him wrestle a lot, which is a shame because he's he's really good. Uh, That's and probably then, a good thing, though. You don't want to overexpose him. Uh, right, and then Luchasaurus, uh, who, who's always fun, who's a good time. Uh, so uh, we get Lucha tossed outside. Uh, at first, the the heel jobbers don't want anything to do with him. Eventually, they do jump him. He's able to do the ah, Neo uh, Smith spot. Yeah. Um, there's a moonsault press. Uh, these, these guys are like 275 fucking pounds. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's incredible. Very athletic for two big hosses. And I, um, man, it's crazy when you put it in perspective, like wrestlers and UFC fighters who are like same height and everything. Yeah. But UFC fighters are cutting like they're going down like one forty five pounds, yeah. which is like what I fucking weigh. Yeah. Then like they're losing the, you. Yeah. The smallest, <laughs> the smallest division in wrestling, kayfabe wise, is two hundred and five pounds. That is fucking light heavyweight. That is yeah. the second largest division in UFC. Right. So that that's that whole like larger than knife. Well, we got we got little little friends now though. There's, yeah. there's a whole division, and most of them are off the show because of sexual allegations. All right. <laughs> uh, Brett's rope, no top rope superplex. Uh, MJF is coaching from the from the side here. Uh, they battle onto the ramp. Uh, we get a distraction by MJF uh, on Luchasaurus, of course. Um, Jungle Boy spears MJ off the, off the thing, of course, continuing that rivalry and whatnot. Off the thing, off the MJF side of the just ring. in every crowd now, right? Uh, and then there's a low blow uh, to Luchasaurus while everybody is distracted. An F10 from Wardlow. One, two, three. Wardlow wins this match. Uh, he has an awful song, uh, like his entrance music and his his this is war is <laughs> no, real bad. No, he should just came out to war. What is it good for? Yeah, like uh, yeah. Why can't we be yeah, friends? The sickest uh, entrance. We're talking just strictly entrance and entrance music. Nothing will ever beat old school ECW Rob Van Dam coming out to walk by Pantera. There you go. It's the sickest fucking thing. <laughs> uh, this was great. Uh, the Lumberjacks. Uh, they just have MJF out in every every crowd now, right? He's he's pretty much he's there the, most he, of the time. He's a yeah. crowd guy. Uh, he, he doesn't pop up too much in this particular show outside of this, though. Uh, and it is announced... Uh, because of a giant brawl after the match with everybody was involved in uh, at Fighter Fest, we will get MJF and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, aka the OG. Yeah, excellent, uh, excellent opportunity for more dissension between MJF and Wardlow. Very subtle dissension. Like in this in this show, guess what? There was none. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be subtle. It'll be MJF. Friendships to, don't just end like yeah. That. There was uh, there was a spot last week where Wardlow essentially ate a punch from Billy Gunn trying to help MJF cheat to win. As always, he's handing him the ring. Uh, and there's a look on Wardlow's face oh, where boy. he's just like, here I am getting punched in the jaw again for nothing. Like, I'm not in this match, right? Uh, it's great. And uh, Wardlow seems to have a little more personality than we probably initially gave him credit for. And in the ring, for a big man, he is fantastic. Big oh, yeah. man in the ring. All right. This week, uh, we get the Taz breaking down offense, and he's Here's breaking down Taz. the offense. Taz. Taz also cut a promo on this. was fucking phenomenal, except for one part. Uh, he breaks down Brian Cage's offense and how this machine will rip Moxley apart. Uh, tonight, Brian Cage is in action. Uh, so what happened here is because Mox wasn't on the show because he's quarantining until his test results came back. The kayfabe in the show was Brian Cage took Moxley's match against a jobber, which I thought was kind of neat uh, as, in terms of, yeah, of sure. booking. Okay. Uh, we have It's probably not even kayfabe. That probably is what happened. That's, no, no, like, I think that was literally what yeah, happened. Let's but, just call it what it is. Uh, or, or Brian Cage was always going to have the squash match, but they, they added that little element to it. So Brian Cage can be like, where are you at, Mox? Yeah, I, I did your match. It's trying to turn a bad situation uh, into something good. Sure. Uh, and thankfully, as the man is tested negative, uh, they'll have the payoff for this. All right. Uh, Brody Lee and Colt Cabana, who is 
Uh, Colcabana is trying out the Dark Order for size, and uh, Brody Lee is, is saying, like, hey, man, this is, this is going to be good. Uh, and then Joey and Sonny are going to be there. Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss will be their opponents. And this is the first time I believe Sonny has fought on Dynamite good. since being signed. Uh, Matt Hardy versus Santana with Ortiz. That was supposed to be Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Um, SCU versus FTR. Uh, this is another stand-in match. SEU is filling in for someone here. I can't remember who the fuck it is. Oh, it was supposed to be a uh, death squad, a super bad squad, but Jimmy Havoc. But Jimmy sure. Havoc has to go on and threaten suicide <sighs> to his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Darby Allen is going Anything COVID-related, they mentioned on the show. Anything outside yeah, of that, they, Darby did, Allen they just did prob- not. Darby Allen, if they didn't already, he's probably going to be suspended or taken off. TV. Darby Allen doesn't have a current program, though, so that guy just fell off the face of the show without No, that worked out anything. for him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho will face off tonight. They're going to they're gonna be face-to-face. I know this is what a face-off is. And uh, Sheeta is in action. Next! Did you see the ratings for this, by the way? Did I see the... Yeah. They, what, what happened? They got fucked on by NXT. Yeah, like, what happened? Uh, I think the AEW crowd is a younger crowd, and if there's other shit going on, they're going to watch it. Well, that's, like, the excuse, but nothing was really... It's yeah. Just, it's, um, this is what's going to happen. AEW like, didn't have a strong main event, honestly. Orange Cassidy, while everybody does love him, he is a meme. Let's call a fucking spade a spade here. Sure. He's not he's not taken seriously. Chris Jericho calls him as such, uh, more or less, in his, his promo. Yeah, so... Chris Jericho... There are promos on this show. I, I'm not fucking kidding you. There's at least four or five, and we're about to get to a couple of them here, that are, like, phenomenal. Yeah, but you need to build <laughs> up... You need to build up a big main event, like... Well, there's no crowd. Orange Cassidy's over simply because of that. And we'll get to that in a bit here. Uh, So Cody and uh, Jake Hagar do like a pre-recorded press conference here. Uh, They make it seem pretty legitimate for something that's like at work, obviously. Uh, They're taking questions from the crowd. Arn Anderson uh, cuts a great promo here on behalf of Cody, basically saying like, oh, I don't think this is the fight for you right now, but blah, blah, blah. I see that vein growing in Cody's hand, and I know he's going to, et cetera, et cetera. And then Cody has a few words. Hagar has not shown up to the press conference yet. He is fashionably late. He shows up with his wife, who's the biggest heel in the company. Uh, his Hagar's wife is just, you just want to, she doesn't have to do anything. And you're just like, man, do I hate this lady? Why? And I don't know why. why. I don't know. She's just not, she's a natural heel, this girl. Is it because she's just like a smoking hot blonde? I don't know. Uh, but, but uh, Dustin Rhodes is there. And of course, the last time those he two people, there was, it, right. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> in hindsight, maybe not the best. But uh, he comes in here looking like a tool. Uh, they stand together for the picture, and then Jake Hagar does, like, the fist on Cody's, like, thing like this. And Cody's, like, he's calling everybody down. Like, it's just fine. It's fine. Uh, and then as they're leaving, uh, Hagar's wife splashes Cody with a glass of water. Classic. Classic heat. Nice. Uh, this looks good. This was good. This was fine. Uh, and I like the idea of if anyone's going to do this kind of angle on the show, it's Cody, uh, in my opinion. All right. Oh, I like the press conference idea. Uh, Britt Baker is in, like, a Pope mobile, So she's in her, like, cart thing. But now she has glass. Yeah, so she's got, like, the, the plexiglass up. And last week, uh, Big Swole commandeered her cart and dumped her in a, in a dumpster uh, for, by Britt Baker's estimation, 8 to 10 hours. This was not the case. It was one hour uh, in the course of the show. Uh, but, yeah, she's got the full-on Pope mobile now, and she's talking shit in it. And she also has a security detail as well. We get Hikaru Shida versus Red Velvet... If you don't know who Red Velvet is, 
I'll explain uh, everything you need to know about Red Velvet. Uh, so Sheeta's coming out, and Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian are the thing, and, and Ford and Sheeta immediately starts shouting at no, each other. Wait, don't tell me about Red Velvet. What's she uh, look like? What's the gimmick or everything? Uh, she's wearing, like, a red velvet wrestling attire, and uh, basically Sheeta's mouthing off with Ford. Sheeta jumps in the ring. They ring the bell. Sheeta hits her with a knee and a falcon arrow, one, two, three, and then immediately runs back out to start brawling with Penelope Ford. Oh. Pretty good. Pretty good booking, uh, I have to say. Uh, and Ford and Sheeta will, of course, fight at Fighter Fest. I need, I need to see what Red Velvet looks like now. Oh, sorry. I uh, they, they teased the press conference. The press conference actually happens uh, here, now. Um, oh, way sorry. to fuck that I, up. I fucked it all up. Uh, he appears with his wife. Uh, he basically... Uh, he, he comes in. There's silence when he enters. And he turns to Cody and basically says, like, you ready? Uh, and then calls for the cameraman. It was it was fine. It was good. I like this. Okay, uh, oh, so we get um, a not not breaking news. Yeah, but kind of breaking news. What's up? WWE's taping shit today and tomorrow. Okay. Even though like half their fucking roster is COVID right now. Well, they need to tape stuff because they can't obviously do live shows once they get shut down by the government or no, whatever. But they happen. should shut down right now. Jamie Noble has COVID now. Who's no, a producer? Not Jamie Noble. No, he's a producer though. So he talks to fucking everybody, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up, man. <laughs> Joey and Sonny, we last left them on some kind of a weird friendship road trip. Uh, you know, Joey's kind of down on himself, not knowing uh, where his direction is in pro wrestling. Sonny lets him drive uh, his really nice car. I wish they would show, like, vignettes of Joey Janela, like, drinking from a water fountain in public. And then, going and then trying to hype it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Takes a shit. Tries to hype people up in the bubble washroom. Uh, so they stop for, for some snacks. Joey Janela goes in and he's like Pauly Shore and Encino Man. He's just grabbing a bunch of snacks for himself. Uh, a, a crew of bad dudes approaches Sonny uh, and starts harassing him. And uh, they get into a scuffle in the parking lot. Joey Janela comes out for the save. Uh, they job these guys out. Lots of punches to the dick here, uh, building up Joey and Sonny. The presentation of this was good. I feel like they really uh, actually accomplished what they were going for. Say what you will about Joey and Sonny as characters and, and how little they've actually been kind of exposed on Dynamite. Uh, I thought this was fine. Anyway, uh, next up we have Brody Lee and Cole Cabana versus Sonny and Joey, coincidentally. Uh, as Brian Alvarez said on, on, on World Wrestling, uh, there's only... Uh, World Wrestling... There's only one way this should end, is that Colt Cabana now gets a pin, and now he's got to seriously consider going with the Dark Order, and it was uh, booked perfectly in that Brody Lee basically hits the discus lariat, tags him in, so he can, and then, like, you get the Colt Cabana, like, fist pump after, he's just like, fucking yeah, like, he's lost nine matches in a row or something, and and now this guy's got to consider, you know, what what do I want to do here? Uh, Colt Cabana's fucking dumbass face. It's just perfect for this. Like he's just like, oh, I don't know what to do. No, he's uh, he's like the the progenit. Why do you say that word? Progenit progenitor. Yeah, progenitor <laughs> of like like modern comedy wrestling, like indie yeah. comedy wrestling. But without being so cartoonish that you can't believe him as yeah, a pro wrestler. Yeah, because he did yeah. it in an era where if you were too cartoonish, then you would never succeed. No, he uh, he found the perfect amount of silly in that time period. And yeah, he hasn't changed his gimmick since. Uh, after this match. For seemingly no reason, Lance Archer comes out and decks Sonny and starts beating the living shit out of him. Joey Janela comes in for the save with a chair. Why do you need a reason with Lance Archer? He beats up... Well, that's the ju- that's the gimmick, yeah, right? Yeah, is that he just beats he up He comes people. in, like, throwing a jobber on the yeah, stage. Yes. Uh, Joey Janela tries to throw a chair at him. Uh, Lance Archer does, like, a perfect parry and, like, <laughs> just knocks it aside and then proceeds to beat the shit yes, out of Joey Janela Yes, they need to make well. Lance Archer, like, that anime villain that's so... <laughs> you can't hurt him. Yeah, that, like, you throw your best attack... Like, that dragon 
Dragon Ball Z shit. Where, like, Don't Krill, make me laugh. Yeah, Krillin throws like a fucking destructo <laughs> disc. And Vegeta's just like, it. fuck off, buddy. Yeah, he just deflects uh, it. Uh, uh. There's only one proper way to deflect a projectile thrown at you if you're a badass. And that's one backhand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, Jake the Snake shows up here and has to stand Lance Archer down. Uh, and this is not the first time this has happened. There was a- I like how... I, I hope that like how this the whole other relationship ends is that Lance Archer is now... Like beats up too many people. <laughs> and Jake's like, like, he has like three on. guys. He's kicking <laughs> one, two guys under his arm, <laughs> yeah. kicking one guy in the ass. Jake's like, dude, uh, we need to like eat food or something. Yeah. This is this is fucked up. Uh, there was that that interview with Alex Marvez where Lance Archer was just murdering a luchador in a field, and at the end of it, when like Lance marches off, like Jake apologizes for like what what do you see? Uh, this is fine. This is great. Uh, yeah, they need to do a vignette where uh, it's them on the road to the next town, and Jake on a payphone being like. No, no, like, I need five ground for this match. And you just see in the far background, Lance just <laughs> yeah. fucking throwing dudes. Just, like, got some guy's shirt over his head and just beating <laughs> yeah. him up for cuts or some shit. Uh, yeah, when you consider Jake the Snake as a character and that Jake the Snake has to apologize and tell this guy he needs to let off, it's great. Uh, okay, so we get a Sean Spears update. Uh, apparently Sean Spears has been using that black glove and punching people with uh, lead. That's what Sean Spears is up to. Mm. Tully Blanchard's like, hey, you want to win some matches? Cheat. You need to cheat. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> He's Sean, right, though. Well, yeah, so Sean Spears is wearing the black glove all the time, and then at some point, like, Tully like, hands him the... In UFC, if you were discovered to have cheated in any way, yeah. usually via drugs after the fact, they have the ability to overturn that decision and rule it a no contest. Or in some cases, even give the win to the other person. No, so in the case of pro wrestling... No, like, literally the ref could turn around and be like, oh, I missed it, it didn't happen. I didn't see it, it didn't happen. What's great about that is in the in the context of pro wrestling, they show it on a recap, and they're like, here you see Sean Spears yeah, cheating. cheating. <laughs> yeah. So in the next match, Sean Spears shows up, he's like, wearing the glove. It's like, like yeah, uh, this isn't a problem with AEW, to yeah. be sure. This is, a whole, like, this is the whole... Pro wrestling on Wrestling the whole. logic yeah. is totally No, you, once, once that three count is counted, that's, that's it, it. That man. stands, baby. No, and it's not even the three count. It's like... As soon as you discard someone even had a hint of cheating, it's the, it should be up to the rest of the scratch and be like, no, you're fucking gone, buddy. Uh, anyway, so that's what's going on with that guy. <laughs> as uh, we get the rules, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> SCU versus FTR. Uh, they mentioned why SCU is in the ring instead of who we were expecting. Reed, pop quiz. Hmm. Dax Harwood. Bald or with hair? <laughs> Dax is with hair. No. Fuck. Cash Wheeler's got hair. God damn. Dax Harwood is bald. Why did you guys call yourselves like ketchup and mustard? I was saying this to like my wife yesterday because like I was watching the tail end of wrestling and she was she was watching as well. And I'm just like, man, can you imagine like you get to make up any name, any wrestling name you could think of, and you're like Dax Harwood. It's just like, do you want to try again? Uh, like is that like sounds like a, like he was watching a gay porno one night and he's like, shit, man, Dax that's Harwood. a good name. Yeah. That's yeah. a good name. Uh you'd be surprised to learn that SCU and FTR have a fantastic match. Uh, it's great. I wouldn't be surprised. Lots of lots of slugging it out. Really fast action. Basically, we have Dar- uh, Dax in the ring uh, with Cash kind of being uh, taken out at some point here. Uh, they uh, SEU, which is uh, Frankie Kazarian and Chris Daniels, I should say. No Scorpio Sky here. Uh, Powerbomb, neckbreaker combo. Dax manages to kick out this. We get a, a hot tag to Cash eventually. Uh, there's a bit of a kerfuffle. A, a good night express. And uh, FTR takes this one. Oh, boy. Uh, so Dax grabs a microphone and he calls out everybody. Wait, 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 wait. SCU yeah. won? No, FTR wins. Okay. Yeah, what did I say? Good night, Express, one, two, three, FTR wins. Did I say SCU? Yeah. We need to stop with the, the, the three letters. Death uh, try. what is it? The fucking... D- Dios merda. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... What the 
fuck is Death Triangle? There was Death Triangle. It was Pac and the Lucha Bros. Except Pac's not around, so now and they're just the Lucha, Lucha Bros. Bros again. Around. No, Lucha Bros. are back. Dude, can you wait ten seconds, please? Uh, so Dax is here. He grabs a stick. He's calling out the whole tag division one at a time. Butcher and Blade pull up in FTR's truck, and Blade is on a megaphone or microphone. I can't quite remember. Uh, they basically threaten to destroy the truck if they don't hear them out. Butcher, we can't win in a wrestling match. This is the most you've heard Blade talk. Uh, he challenges them to an eight-man tag match at Fighter Fest. It will be FTR and the Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade, Pentagon, and Ray Phoenix. And at this point, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix jump FDR and give a spiked pile driver or foot stomp package pile driver combo to Cash Wheeler. Everybody in the AEW, if you're a tag team, you do the pile driver foot stomp combo. That's yes. you, that's a requirement. JR breaks down uh, Kenny. He, he kind of introduces a video about Kenny and Hangman versus best friends. Uh, all four of these guys are the biggest goofballs of all time, and this was actually pretty fun, because uh, they're basically putting each other over, because they're, they're all faces, right? Uh, so Kenny's like, hey, listen, it's very clear that me and Adam Page are not best friends, but do you know what we are? We're the best fucking wrestlers. And then best friends is just like, you know, we've, we've worked this hard to get this way, but those guys are fucking good. Uh, and at the very end of this, Adam Page is just like, them boys are good. <laughs> just like takes a sip of his drink. Adam Page is, his outfits... He's wearing those like fucking cowboy outfits. My wife's like, great. What, is, "What is this guy wearing?" It's like, great. It's great because in ring he wears like you know a vest and he looks like Stone Cold basically. Yeah, he has black. Trunk. But outside of ring, he's like a goddamn. It's triangle, triangle. Okay, yeah. Triangle de la Murta. Murta. Okay. I That's swore funny. it was told said different AW though something. It like hasn't more, been said in many weeks. Let's just a say that. Is uh, it the Death Triangle maybe? Uh, recap of uh, Moxley and Cage, uh, with Moxley getting put through the back of the the, the window of a of a car, etc. Uh, we get then get Brian Cage versus a jobber who's already in the ring by the name of Joe Cruz, uh, who looks like a hipster Jesus, uh, is the best way I can put it. And he's an excellent jobber because Brian Cage is he, the first thing Brian Cage does is like grab him by the shoulders and throw him in the air. That like great <laughs> big man spot where you just like yeah. toss a guy six feet in the air. Yeah. Uh, the the here's here's how you know you're dealing with a good jobber. After the throw up and the slam on the ground, he gets up and then doubles over and does the running fall. Is the, is the how you take that move? Uh, this is fantastic in terms of a, a as I mentioned earlier, like this was Moxley's match. Cage had to take it because Moxley is what have you. Uh, Taz gets on the mic and cuts a promo right into the camera. Uh, he's like, this is unsafe. This machine's going to, you're, you're fucked, basically. Uh, but then also mentions that, hey, Mox, you're hiding. You're look, making up excuses and stuff like that. It's like, no, his wife is deathly ill with fucking, the, the fucking COVID. That's like misstep, I think, in this. Uh, Brian Cage won with a drill claw, if you, if you didn't already know that. Backstage with uh, Brody and Colt. Uh, they are standing in a blue lit closet. And Brody basically asks Cole Cabana, hey, does it feel good to win? And Colt's like, it does feel good to win. And Brody's like, we're going to fight SCU at Fighter Fest. And Colt's like, that sounds like a bad idea. And Brody's like, trust me on this shit. Uh, it's going to be a three uh, three versus three, six-man match. Uh, and you know what? Instead, just like uh, just like the announce team does here, we're going to run down both nights of Fighter Fest. This is what you can look to see for free the next two Wednesdays on TNT. Didn't mean to rhyme. just happened that way. Uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus versus MJF and Wardlow on night one. Penelope, no, sorry. Uh, we got Private Party and uh, Santana and Ortiz. PP versus PP, Proud and Powerful versus Private Party. Sheeta versus Ford for the title. Cody versus Hagar for the title. Kenny Omega and H uh, Hangman Page versus Best Friends for the title. That's that's next week. That's a loaded card. 
maybe hopefully more than 660,000 people will watch it. Night two, we get Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. I got bad news for you, Joey Janela. Uh, Nyla Rose will be in action and apparently has a big surprise for us. Sure. That's all we need to know about that. Dark Order versus SCU. It's going to be Stu Grayson, Colt Cabana, and Brody Lee. There's a crew versus SCU. Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho and the eight-man tag match, Young Bucks and FDR, which will be interesting to see those those guys tag, uh, versus Butcher Blade and the Lucha Bros. Should be a good match. You have fucking eight super talented people in there. Oh, sorry. You have six super talented and people in there. Two and, and two mega stars. And two mega stars being Butcher, Butcher Blade. Blade. <laughs> uh, and then you're gonna have Moxley versus Brian Cage for the title. Uh, cool. Yeah, they gotta so, they gotta give the rub out to those other teams. Yeah. Uh, at at ringside here, Britt Baker uh, Swole shows up and dumps a bunch of garbage into the Pope Mobile. Uh, it's a whole thing. Santana and or, uh, with Ortiz versus Broken Matt Hardy. Uh, they did a Twitter poll and Broken Matt Hardy was decided to be the form of the Destroyer. Uh, JR mentions uh, signing the Hardy Boys back in WWFE. Um, we get the dark results ticker. I talked about this last week where they actually have a ticker now that tells you all the dark results so you can see who's been winning week to week. Um, they do the uh, ring post eyeball spot they did with Sammy Guevara where he's just like, ah, but it's with, with fucking Santana and he does it perfectly as well. Um, biting is apparently okay in AEW because Matt Hardy regularly bites people in matches and the ref's just like, hey, yeah, fuck knock it, it off. Uh, after a uh, pin back and forth, Matt Hardy actually gets the win here. Immediately gets mad balled in the back by uh, Ortiz. And uh, they do the street sweeper on Matt Hardy. Private Party comes out with the save. Unfortunately, 30 seconds too late to actually save anyone. And now to wrap it up, we get Orange Cassidy and uh, Chris Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho, of course, by himself. Like, no one's seeing his... his, his, his it's sad, let's be honest. Uh, so, I... The only thing I can think here is, man, it's good they got Orange Cassidy over with a crowd before COVID. Otherwise, Orange Cassidy would be... It'd be very tough to push this... Like, this guy's fighting Chris Jericho at a semi pay-per-view, right? Like, if you had never gotten Orange Cassidy over, if he was still just the guy who was doing the weak thumbs up and the hug spot with the best friends, like, it's good that with a crowd, they got this guy over. But like you said, uh, Chris Jericho comes out. He says, why did the Chris and ch uh, chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side? Uh, basically compares this joke to uh, Orange Cassidy that the first time you hear it, Eh. And every subsequent time you hear it, it becomes annoying and less funny. He's an embarrassment to pro wrestling. Uh, when they signed him, he called the elite to question why they would sign such a no-talent like piece of crap. Uh, dude, Chris Jericho's good at his job. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, while still putting over Orange Cassidy for getting himself over being himself. And being himself means a lazy slacker who doesn't have what it takes. Uh, he's going to run out of juice. Get it? Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy grabs the mic. He places it on the ground and starts to kick at Chris Jericho's shins after this, this giant promo. He turns his back to Le Champion, turns back around, puts his hands in his pocket. Chris Jericho, making a face like a child pooping, grabs his sunglasses and crushes them in the center of the ring. Just making this, like, this this great... Chris Jericho, man. Uh, I also recall when Matt Hardy first appeared when he's, like, up on the thing. And Chris Jericho's just got tears in his eyes. I'm like, man, so Jericho's good. so great. Uh, after destroying the sunglasses, uh, Orange Cassidy immediately starts to brawl with him. They go up into the stands. This all ends with Orange Cassidy having an awful ear cut. Like, he's just bleeding everywhere. Which is a good visual in terms of looking like a badass. Uh, but yeah, he ends up Superman punching Chris Jericho through a table. And we go off the air. Cool. Here's the, here's everything you need to know about Platinum Mike Perry. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Is that his girlfriend? Yes. That's okay. the one that'll be in his corner. He's got Capri Sun. Okay. 
He looks like uh, okay. This he's just drinking Capri Sun. This is okay. Yeah, that's everything you need to for know. the viewers at home who can't see this. Okay, <laughs> and then it. he's done. That's everything you need to know, baby. You think his uh, Instagram girlfriend would let him know like what makes good content for Instagram, not just simply drinking a fucking yeah. Capri Sun? No, I, I, I should say he's going into this fight expecting to get like advice from his like his girlfriend in the corner. He's, I think that's pretty he, apparent. He's, fight, he's fighting a fucking can. He should yeah. easily beat him. And then he said after he's going to build a team around himself. But he's he's just trying to show people that he doesn't need a corner to win. I guess. Right on. Well, yeah, like man. last week when you were on holidays, I'm on holidays next week, so we're going to figure out how we want to do the podcast to make... I can see public beta podcast just being us talking for 30 minutes to an hour about Last of Us 2, because I think we're both going to finish that game. Yes, yes, I think we will. And then Sultans of Slam next week uh, to review the, the first uh, episode of Firefest. We'll see, Reed, if you want to uh, do our COVID thing where we just do it over the internet. We'll figure it out. In the meantime, at Iceberg is us on Twitter. LeahTitsTheIceberg.com is where you can reach us on email. Leave a topic, question, whatever you want, anywhere you see this podcast posted. We always appreciate you guys listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. That's the Sultans of Slam and Walk Away.